Welcome to The Closing Room, brought to you by Capital Title Insurance Agency. The Closing Room is an interview show where our guests are other professionals in the real estate industry who all have the same goal, help the customer get to the closing room. I'm your host, Tom Lico. My co-host today is the East Region Marketing Rep for Capital Title, Angie Clavett. Hey, Angie, how are we doing today? Hey, how are you? All right. Thanks for joining us and filling in for Lisa. We got the holidays around the corner. You got all your shopping done? Yeah, all done. Ah, that's impressive. I know you got a big family. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's my thing is uh, I, I have everything ordered. Not everything's in yet. And that's well, the- that's true. I, I, <laughs> I am kind of getting a little nervous as the days are coming out and I don't, there's always a package on my porch, but it's not the one that I want. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, a little concerned about that. Uh, this will be for our viewers. This will be our last episode of the year. We'll take a couple of weeks off for the holidays and we'll come back on uh, January 7th for our next episode. But we're going to jump into the mortgage world today with one of the top loan officers, not only in Michigan, but in the whole country. And Angie, I know you spent a lot of time this year helping out doing closings for many of his transactions. So please introduce today's guest for us. Sure, my pleasure. As a mortgage loan consultant, Joe does more than calculate mortgage payments. With more than 20 years of experience in the industry, Joe has had the privilege of counseling thousands of family on how to purchase and refinance their homes. His mantra, I treat every customer as if they are my only customer, is what sets him apart in a competitive field. This, along with experience and work ethic, it is what keeps him in the top 1% nationwide in total closed volumes and units. Please welcome Joe Beagleman. Welcome, Joe, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be uh, here. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to congratulate you on an incredible year you're having. And on behalf of Capital Title, uh, we want to thank you for your business. You know, looking at your stats, I think you're at, uh, through November, 555 closings, $156 million in business. It sounds like you're having a good year every month. So it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty impressive. So what I wanted to do, though, is I wanted to kind of go back in time a little bit and then walk us through your journey of uh, what took you to the success that you're at today. I know you're, uh, you're a Michigan State graduate. Uh, what, was your, what was your major in school and what careers were you looking at upon graduation? Uh, food industry management was my major and I always thought I would own a restaurant bar or get into the food industry until I realized or learned about the failure rate of sole proprietorships in the food business and, <laughs> uh, really and knew it wasn't really something I was going to go into. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I actually started, uh, started writing loans my sophomore year at Michigan State. So went went right into the mortgage biz and realized real quickly that that was where I was going to stay. So did you still then finish your degree in food management or? Uh, I did. Yep. Yep. Stayed in the food industry management uh, degree and, uh, you know, was writing loans full time. So, you know, really went with the major, got really involved with the major, but but any avenue that I found, you know, any, any other job, I was, I was so far into the mortgage industry that, that really anything else didn't seem like a good fit. You know, I wasn't going to make as much money as quickly. Uh, and I was really enjoying the mortgage industry. So it's really stayed with it. You know, how did you, how did you even end up in that? You had a friend or you just a part-time job or internship? Yeah. Yeah. So, so my sophomore year at Michigan state, I, um, I saw one of the older classmen that I went to high school with who was already in the mortgage industry and we were catching up and I told him I was looking for an internship. He told me how great the mortgage business had been to him. Uh, and 
you know, I said, Hey, you know, if I'm looking for an internship, can you get me a, an interview? And uh, he said, you know what, we're just starting an internship and got me an interview. And I was the first intern hired into the program. I was with Flagstar Bank at the time. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the rest is history, really. I, I started, you know, it was basically a cold calling internship. So we would cold call hundreds of people every night, uh, get the leads for the loan officers, and then the loan officers would, would then teach us the business. So I, you know, we'd, we'd call hundreds of people, wow. uh, learn about the business. And, uh, and then, you know, within, within six months or so, um, I actually was with my boss. We went over to someone's house. At the time, Flagstar had a slogan, we'll go anywhere, anytime for a home loan, which was true. We'd get the lead and we'd go take their application at their house. Um, so my boss had taken me on an appointment to one of the customer's house. We're sitting down at the kitchen table. He goes through the application with him. We get back into the car and he says, Hey, can you do that? And I said, yeah, I can do that. And he says, okay, you're a loan officer. <laughs> so no, no, no licensing, no, you know, prior history other than, <laughs> yeah, you could do that. I'm like, okay, you know, you're good. So, yeah. So, well, you, so from there on out, I was uh, running the internship program also became a loan officer, you know, so people, you know, interns were calling leads for me, uh, you know, and really learned the business that way, you know, so Wow, and you were still so carried, just a kid too, man. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, did you yeah, even have wild. your own house I, at that time? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so this was my sophomore year getting into this thing. So wow. I was like 19, 20 years old, yeah. and uh, you know, as as I went through school, you know, I'd be in class, I'd get a, a phone call from a customer on my cell phone, I'd run out of class, take their information. Oh tell them I'll call them back later, run back into class. You know, all the teachers at that point knew that I was pretty far into the mortgage industry. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, uh, through school, it was just, you know, busy doing, doing loans. And, and mm -hmm. by the time I, I was a senior, you know, I, I called my dad and I said, Hey dad, I don't need any help with school anymore. I am able to pay my way, pay for my apartment. And, and I got spending money and oh. uh, he, <laughs> you know, he, he really asked me, hey, what are you doing? Are you selling drugs? What's going on in Michigan <laughs> State? <laughs> so I said, no, you know, I'm in the mortgage industry and doing well. It was uh, really the start of the refi boom uh, coming off of rates of 12, 13, 16%. Right. And rates when I got into it were eight and three quarters or less. And that was a deal. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. let me ask you. So you joined John Adams Mortgage in 2003, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And I know you were an early adopter in using a CRM program. Uh, what made you buy into that? And do you feel that helped lead to success early on in your career? Uh, early, so, so when I started at John Adams, they brought in a speaker, Barry Habib. And uh, for those who don't know Barry, he's been a world-renowned speaker in the mortgage industry for it seems like forever, um, developed some CRM systems uh, early and that actual presentation by Barry was really important for my career in a lot of different ways. He, he had some different ways of, of looking at the industry and being more of a consultant uh, rather than somebody who was just taking a loan application, uh, more of an advisor role, uh, and, and started with his CRM system. It was talking about it really before it took off in the world uh, on how important it was. And, and I really believed what he was trying to say, and, and I bought into it and, and, and adopted it right away. Um, you know, I was doing the, the CRM drip email campaigns before most people in the area. I, I, I think it contributes huge to my success. And my database now is probably, you know, over 6,000 
customers, you know, from having it for that long uh, and people I've done business with. So if I need to get something out to, you know, my database quickly about a rate drop or about something going on in the industry, it's, you know, I can put an email together, click a button and it goes out to everybody right away. It's, it's really an amazing system. Yeah. And it's changed throughout the years. I've, it's gotten better and better. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, yeah, all yeah. software's improved over time, right? You built quite the team to assist you. How do you walk the line of delegating to your team members without losing that personal touch that you're so well known for? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's some you know, customer service and personal touch is, is the most important thing to me out of, out of anything. And and all of my systems are designed around, you know, first of all, at the front of the process, I'm the main contact. So whether it's running numbers on a home that somebody's interested in buying or figuring out on, on a refinance, if it's worth it or not, you know, I'm always very involved in that, in that setting up of the process. And then the systems that I've created is, you know, during the actual process of getting, you know, all the busy work done, getting the conditions, working through the process with the underwriter. Um, I leave that up to the team more unless there's an issue and they need to get me involved in it. Um, and then I come back in at the end uh, and, and really go through all the, the final numbers, make sure that they're comfortable with everything. Uh, and wish them well at closing. So, you know, I think that that touch at the beginning, the touch at the end, uh, is probably the most important part of the process for sure. And then the team works with the making sure I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, customer service is such an important piece of the puzzle that you know I actually have a 20 spot campaign with the team. And what that means is anytime a customer or realtor makes gives a compliment to one of the team members on them giving good service and going above and beyond, uh, they get an extra $20. So oh. it's, you know, it's, it's more incentive to, yeah. yeah, yep, 20 spots. So, you know, something good happens, it gets emailed out to the whole team. You know, this is, this is what the scenario was. Here's a 20 spot for so-and-so, great job. And it's just a culture, right? It's, yeah. it's that emphasis on customer service that's always there with the team. That's awesome. Now, in dealing with a growing customer base and a growing team, I know you decided to invest in yourself by hiring a business coach in 2019. How much of an influence has that had on your business and you personally? Yeah, it's been pretty huge. Um, you know, last year I had what was my biggest production year as opposed to this year, which is which is definitely largest. Um, you know, and, you know, I told my boss at the time, you know, where I was thinking about doing this, that you know, I'm doing all this production, which is great, but I think I've almost died three times this year based <laughs> upon stress and, and working too many hours and not being proactive enough. And with the idea of, hey, you know, this business coach, I, I want to be doing this my whole career. I don't want to burn out. I want to deliver high customer service levels. Uh, and I want to keep my production going. And I want to do business that I want to do. And I want to work with people who want to work with me. And how, how do I piece that all together? And that's where that business life coach comes into play. Um, and it's been tremendous for me. I, you know, I think, I'm, I think I'm a better employee for the company. I think I deliver better service. My production levels are up 60 to 70% this year, which has a lot to do with interest rates. But, mm -hmm. um, but I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better friend. My volunteer activities to the community are are stronger. Uh, my racket skills are getting better from, from the sports I do, you know, and, and I'm doing 60 to 70% less volume. And I haven't felt the stress that I felt last year, this year. So, you know, you put all that together. I think it's a pretty strong statement on thinking about your business from a bird's eye view 
Uh, it, you know, whether it just be an hour a week or, you know, an hour every two weeks or, you know, what, whatever it is, consistently investing in yourself and your business to, to deliver what you want out of it. Is that, really how important. often would you meet with your business coach? Is that... So uh, we have a scheduled meeting every other week for an hour, mm-hmm. but he's always available to talk through anything. And, you know, I'll call him about an interaction with a client to get his opinion on how I should handle it. I'll call him about something personal in my life that is affecting me. And I want to kind of talk it through with somebody. He's almost like, not only a business and life coach, he's almost a shrink in a sense as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he's your conscience, you know, to help. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, how nice is it to have somebody that you can bounce an idea off of that is really not intermingled with what you're talking about and maybe not biased, like your wife or a good friend, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, it, talking through it, it, it gives you gives you some really nice insight. Right, just that third party perspective. And, yeah. mm-hmm. So yeah. let's move on to 2020, and this uh, uh, involves Angie as well. You know, the pandemic hit; everyone went home. Interest rates plummeted. How were you able to adjust and handle the influx of of loan applications, and really in the change with uh, how everyone reacted to it with closings? Yeah. You know, I, I've said a lot this year that uh, I'm glad that the pandemic happened in 2020 and not in 2008 or 2000, mm. you know, because, you know, with, without the technology, you know, with, with Zoom, like we're doing this meeting or, you know, food delivery or Amazon, or, you know, we forget how, how many luxuries we have this year. And, and that comes along with, you know, our companies invested in technology for the last three, four years not anticipating a pandemic and working from home, but to, to improve processes with, with the company. And, and that's really come into play this year because we've been mostly home office the whole year. And to do the tremendous amount of production that we're doing and being home office is, you know, if you don't have the right technology, you can't do anything. So, um, so that's been huge this year for sure. Uh, well, your and, team's got spread you know, out too, because your team was, across the hall from you in the office and now they're all at home too, right? Right, right. And there's challenges with that as well. You know, when, when you're sitting next to somebody and you have to collaborate on something versus them being in a different home, you know, that's tricky as well. Um, so, you know, I'm really proud of the team. I'm really proud of, you know, our operation staff. They've worked endless hours to, to make it all happen and, and delivered, you know, the volume we've done this year is, is huge compared to years past. And again, because of interest rates, but but you can't do that with a lot of hard, without a lot of hard work. So a lot of planning, a lot of proactive approaches to it and, and figuring out as we go, you know, one of the things with work in home office that I figured out really quickly is, you know, you have to get up and go to work every day. You got to get up, you got to shower, you got to get dressed. You got to go into the office like you're going into the, the actual right. office. Um, and I think that was really important precedence to set for my team and for myself that, Hey, we're getting up every morning, you know, when I get on a zoom call with you, I want you on the video. I want to see you, you know, let's, let's, let's know that this is a work day, you know, and not, not slack off. And, and, and they didn't, I mean, I didn't even have to worry about it, but, uh, but you know, it sure changed how we did business and probably changes how we do business in the future. Yeah, definitely. And we also talked about, you know, not everyone has reacted the same to this pandemic. How have you handled the varying demands of the closing process for your customers, you know, being, in the closing room or not want to be in the closing room or not want to even come out in public. How have you guys handled that? Yeah. 
Yeah, that that came on pretty quick. You know, in February and March, nobody really understood this pandemic at all. Not that we, you know, understand it completely now. But, you know, a lot of people were scared. And, um, you know, I was actually, you know, working it through with my business coach at the time. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about a closing and, and, and how to do it and make the closer feel comfortable, make the client feel comfortable. And thankfully, it was going into those spring months in Michigan, right, instead of, you know, going into the winter. But, you know, we decided if we do something on a driveway and set out a table and the table sanitized and a customer, you know, the, the closer can walk up, put the documents down on the table, walk back, the client can walk up, pick up the documents, sign them all, walk back, the closer picks them up and leaves. Uh, that's a pretty safe way to do a closing. So, you know, my, my next course of action was to try to figure out, are the closers comfortable with this? And as you guys know, you know, a lot of the closers weren't comfortable doing closings at all. And that's where my frontline hero comes into play. Angie, uh, was tremendous. You know, I, I talked to her about the idea. Uh, she thought it was a great one, felt comfortable with it. And I don't know if you got the numbers, Angie, but, uh, you are, we're so grateful for what you've what you did for us this year, uh, I, probably hundreds of, of closings at people's houses, on their driveways, in their garages, you know, on their back porch, where, wherever it was comfortable for them. So thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, it was great. We set up a plan in the very beginning and we just basically said, hey, we'll do whatever we need to do to get these things closed. Um, these, and, and, and it was it was doable. And it's just a matter of everyone's comfortability. Like, like you said, some people were a little more comfortable. And as this as the summer came through, I mean, we were doing them on their front lawns and, and then Joe would show up and, you know, pull up in his Jeep, beep his horn, come out and talk to us. You know, his, a lot of these people were his friends or, you know, people he's, he's played, you know, sports with or from his temple. So it was a nice way for him to kind of see his friends as well. So he'd come out and say hi on the lawn. So it was yeah. nice. Yeah. You had a nice tour of all the neighborhoods in Metro Detroit then, didn't you? <laughs> Let me tell you that. You know how much I love homes and I love decor. I would go home every night and throw rocks at my house. So many <laughs> I, would, I would tell these people have beautiful homes. I would like look at their decor and their landscaping. It's so nice. <laughs> That's fun. So how do you uh, man? How do you juggle the? I, I know you're very close with uh, with your family. You got a lovely wife, Sharon, and three small children that you adore. How do you juggle that home and work life uh, balance? You know, working from home is that a big help to that? Because uh, you are. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Working from home is a huge help to it because I can see them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, but this 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 is actually my biggest challenge in life. Is you know how how am I uh, better husband how am I more present with with her with the kids in, involved in everything and it's really important to me it's the you know none of the production none of any of it means anything if 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 the family's not happy uh and it, it's constantly something that I'm working on you know whether it's you know at every single meal we take all our cell phones and, and put them you know on a, on a different counter so we can focus on each other uh shutting down at maybe a certain time during the night um, you know, they know that I work a tremendous amount of hours, but, you know, it is something I work on every minute of every day to, to pay more attention to them and, and to set up systems in place where I don't have to be micromanaging everything in the process, which is really kind of the key component of it. You need to have a good team behind you and you need to do a good job up front so you don't need to be involved in every single point of the process. 
and to be in your community too. I know you do a lot with your temple, and, and I remember you telling me that you did some speaking at your alma mater, Michigan State. So, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so you know, with um, you know, listen, it's important for me to be healthy, um, and you know, so you, you got to take care of yourself too. And I love racket sports, and and I love my my friends that that we play with. Uh, you know, whether it's tennis or squash or paddle tennis in the winter, pickleball, we just got introduced to. Uh, those are great. You know, I, I picked up mountain biking this year where I, I mountain bike hardcore trails and love that. It's a very intense thing. And a lot of the times when I'm going to do these things is, is at six in the morning, you know, before most people are awake, before the, the workday gets started. But I don't have time in the afternoon. You know, if I don't get things out of the way in the morning, and come the work day and then afterwards you're trying to spend time with the family you just don't have time for it so you know it's really important to for me to get up get going get those things underway and then you know michigan state i've been a guest lecturer there for the last you know five six years each semester and uh and and teach about the home buying process building your credit you know all you know everything that goes along with what i do every day and it's mm. it's really rewarding because you know it's juniors and seniors and it's 200 kids in the class and, you know, when I start talking about credit, you know, 70 hands go up and I answer questions for an hour, which is really fun. <laughs> and then, you know, from a community standpoint, you know, whether it's donating time to help those who, who, who are in need or, you know, my, my temple I'm very involved with. I'll be uh, I'm the vice president now. I'll be the president in, uh, in about a year and a half. Uh, that's really important to me to give back to the community and, you know, to uh, to help those that, that don't aren't really as fortunate as, as what we are. And uh, you know, so that I, you know, I, I make time for that too. And so you gotta, you know, <laughs> you have to figure out all the scheduling for all of those things and it's not easy, but, uh, yeah. but I don't sleep much. So it works. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you have to be intentional about it, right? You have to make sure it's, you, you take the time and make the time for those, the, the, the critical things. Like you said, okay, if it's six in the morning, then that's, that's when I do it. But you know, you're, yeah. you make the time. Yeah. It. And you have to be proactive, right? You, you, mm -hmm not only with like the business you're doing and, and what you want to do and who you want to work with and want to work with obviously people who want to work with you, but like, where are your priorities and, and how can you schedule it in a way that you can do everything that's important to you? Because that ends up being the meaning of life. You know, it's, it, I talk to so many clients who, who work all the time and they never have time to look at themselves for whether it's health, whether it's, you know, finance or, Oh, I don't have time to get to my, you know, making sure my bills are in order and my finances are in order, I'm saving the correct money, but what's it all for, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, you, you need to, you need to focus on it. And, and the life coach helps me with that too. You know, I was just going to say, you know, you know, for before I really started moving in this direction and I said, I almost died three times last year earlier, you know, your body talks to you, right? Like you start to get right. sick more, you know, you, you know, and, and I was feeling that stuff happening. You start to gain weight, you know, like, and you know, your, I think your, your body whispers until one day it hits you with a two by four and knocks you over. So, you know, you better listen to the whispers. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Your body has a way of shutting down. If you won't shut it down, the body will shut it down for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So these are great lessons for anyone, I think, new into the industry or seasoned in the industry, just uh, your your journey and, and how you've learned and you continue to learn and continue to grow uh, is impressive. Not just sitting on your laurels and go, okay, even next year, how can I be better? And uh, that's, that's outstanding stuff. Um, Thank you. 
Now it's time for our Up Close from a Distance segment. This is where we take a minute to get to know you a little better while maintaining our social distance. I'm gonna ask you 10 <laughs> questions and I need the first answer that comes to mind and you have 60 seconds. Are you ready? Uh, number one, go. did you go to a sleepaway summer camp as a kid? Yes. Yes. Uh, dark chocolate or milk chocolates? Milk chocolate. Would you rather have dinner with Tom Izzo or Mark D'Antonio? Izzo, 100%. Okay. Have you ever seen Kid Rock in concert? Only at the halftime show at the Lions game. All right. Uh, which TV show is better, Seinfeld or Friends? Seinfeld. All right. Uh, would you rather have super strength or invisible powers? Ooh, super strength. Okay. Uh, <laughs> would you rather go to Disney World or Cedar Point? Neither. Uh, all right. COVID <laughs> is over. COVID is over. Where's your first vacation? Ah, uh, COVID is over. Where's my first vacation? Mm. California. All right. Uh, for your dinner entree, chicken, steak, or fish? Steak. And if you're channel surfing, what movie will you always stop to watch the rest of? Ooh, Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, well, hey, you got <laughs> 10 out of 10, so you win our home version of the game. Uh, thanks for All coming right. along. Uh, should any of our viewers need a pre-approval or refinance, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, they can call me at 248-813-4925, or they can email me at joe at johnadamsmortgage.com. All right. Uh, that's our show for this week and for the year. Uh, thank you again, Joe, for being our guest today. And also thank you to our sponsor, Capital Title, for making this possible. To our viewers, hang on for a few seconds, and you can view our humorous meme of the week. And then we're taking the holidays off and we'll be back on January 7th, where we hope to see you in the closing room.